Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Do something about it. What the Bears do about it is they curl up into a ball. And sit, no, they actually, they fought yesterday, but come on, man. They tried. Man, that Keish- was a fake fight. Yeah, yeah. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN2, Sirius XM Channel Lady, your smart speakers, and download the podcast. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All phone guests join us via the Goodyear hotline. And you can tweet us on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, at Key, J, and Max. Who's the best team in the AFC? Chiefs? Patriots? Is there some other mm. team you think is good as those two? 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. So, look. <laughs> no big surprise. Aaron Rodgers dices up the Bears. But early on, it was a game, Key. Like, the Bears did put up a fight early on. Yeah, it was like a fake fight, though, man. That wasn't a real fight. That was one of them. That's like in, in, in basketball, first three and a half quarters, you're like, oh, they're going to beat them. And then you wake up, they beat them by 20. Same thing with years ago when I was a kid. Nebraska, you look up, Wyoming be up on Nebraska at halftime, 17-3. You know what the final scores would be? 63 to 17. That's so I get it. It looked good, but they didn't ha- they were not going to have enough. I mean, they they shot all their bullets early on. They were not going to have enough. But key, there's a difference, and Jay, there's a difference between not having enough and not putting up a fight. Like I felt like the Bears had fight in them yesterday. Key, do you think they had fight in them? Not that it was ever they were ever going to win, but they didn't just they didn't But they just, never going to lay down on them. Because they even the game in Chicago, they put up a fight as much as they could. And at some point, because you don't have enough, the fight is not going. It's not going to withstand. I mean, it's just it's the reality of it. They are have they have a better team than them, and they can fight as long as they want to. But in the end, they still going to get that L slapped on top of them. You see, this game for me said everything about the Packers. Right, their defense continues to get better. Their second game with the with the pick six. They didn't allow a, a first down in the second half until about four minutes remaining in the game. And then also when you think about their line, right, you think Billy Turner got hurt. He was their right tackle. I mean, so now think about how the level that Aaron Rodgers is playing at with what's happened to his line. So Billy Turner gets hurt. Josh Myers is out. Elton Jenkins is still out along with David Bakhtiari, right? Like all these people. So it's still like we talk about the upside for the Chiefs. I'm sitting there saying, well, wait a second. They get some guys back here. Like the upside for the Packers is different too now. Yeah, you're not wrong. By the way, <clears throat> that was uh, 620 WTMJ, the sound that you heard. This is Keyshawn J. Willemax coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. So, uh, we've been speculating. Key loves the germ spreading. Uh, every day in our meeting, I'm like, Key, let's just stick to the facts and be responsible. And Key says, no, no, no. Let's spread some germs and really start some uh, some rumors. I think everybody knows that that's not me. That would be more you and Jay. Anyway, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, the speculation was, has played his last. Oh, he's, this is, he's out of here after this season. And he was asked, is this your last game against Chicago as a Packer? Listen to the answer. 
Oh, I don't know, Ryan. I mean, I'm not really thinking about that right now. I'm devoting all my energy uh, and focus to the season. I don't know. I don't think it's my last against the Bears. Uh, you know, I feel like one of the factors in continuing to play would be, you know, can I still play? Uh, do I still have it? Can I still be effective and efficient and, and make the plays I feel like I'm capable of making? And I think the answer is yes. You know, something occurs to me, Key, which is, the two most likely destinations, or at least the two that were talked about the most, the Broncos and the Saints, not as attractive yeah. now as maybe they were before the season. And given the way the team kind of put his arms around him through that whole COVID situation or, or the vaccination situation where he misled people and everything, why would he leave? Yeah, I don't think that that I don't think any of that is going to have the deciding factor determine whether or not Aaron Rodgers continues his career in Green Bay. I think what will make that determination is where they end. Do they end in Los Angeles in the Super Bowl? Or do they end in Arizona in the NFC Championship game or Green Bay or Dallas or somewhere like that or Tampa Bay? If he goes to the Super Bowl, there's a high probability of chances that he's going to return to Green Bay. And if he does not advance to the Super Bowl, the chances of that is going to shrink to a point where he'll probably start to look to go elsewhere. Uh, it's very difficult to leave a Super Bowl team on your own. Uh, Super Bowl appearing quarterbacks or players, for that matter, they don't leave on their own. They just don't walk out the door. Uh, people will try to retain guys like that. When you win a championship, you stay with that team to keep winning championships unless you're looking for a huge payday or something like that. And that's not the case with Aaron Rodgers because he he's going to get the money wherever he winds up. His bond with the Green Bay Packers will depend on what happens in Los Angeles in February. Are the Green Bay Packers in playing in SoFi Stadium? Or is he watching with me in the stands? Uh, you know, I don't know about this conversation. It's I wish I could have a definitive answer. Aaron Rodgers seems like a person that, is going to march by the beat of his own drum. It just, you know, you look at the relationship he's had with the front office, and I just mentioned all the guys from the O-line that were out. Like, they're still plugging and playing. Like, they're doing a hell of a job. And, like, I'm getting tweets from people saying, like, oh, you said Aaron, you know, Tom Brady is locked up for MVP, and you start thinking about the case and narrative that you pointed out for Aaron Rodgers, you know, dealing with his toe, dealing with the offensive line, guys being out. And the season that he's having, you're starting to say, damn, man, like this is trending in the right direction for him. And, like, I forget what play it was last night, but it was, like, fourth and goal, and they, they didn't kick a field goal. Like, you know they're going for it. Like, you know a lot of these things. His, his relationship with Michael LaFleur is on a different level. Matt. Matt, sorry, excuse me, Matt. Matt LaFleur is on a different level because they're going to – this is not going to be the year that the sideline is going to hinder him from having a chance to do it. <laughs> Taking the ball You know what I mean? Not this year. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I hear you. I was thinking Jets because we, we talked Jets so much. If, if Brady somehow out. misses a game between now and the end of the season, so they each have missed a game, and Rodgers keeps doing what he's doing, and he wins MVPs, back-to-back MVPs, and as Key said, they get to the Super Bowl or, God forbid, win a Super Bowl, right? That, it's hard to think of him leaving on that note. On the other hand, there's one dark horse team, purely speculation on my part, but he's from there. They're good. They're winning with a, in a quarterback far inferior to Aaron Rodgers. And I always thought when the San Francisco 49ers drafted Trey Lance, I wondered, because they couldn't get a deal done before the draft, are they taking the quarterback? Because remember, Trey Lance was going to be a project. It was going to take time. He was less ready than the other guys. 
are they kind of storing the value of that pick in Trey Lance because they believe that Green Bay likes him? Do they have any information like that? That's the one team key <laughs> that, uh, that I wonder, would okay. Rodgers leave to go home? Because that's a, that's, an, that's a lure for guys toward the end of their careers, but to go home on a good team, chance to win a Super Bowl, all that. Clearly, you have covered boxing way too long in your career because right now you're punch drunk. They're not thinking about Aaron Rodgers, the San Francisco 49ers right now. The 49ers are rolling with Jimmy Garoppolo until such due time that Trey Lance is available and ready. Kyle Shanahan is taking the same approach that Andy Reid took with Alex Smith. There's a young quarterback that was somewhat under the radar by many, just like Patrick Mahomes. And what you will see is a sprinkle here, sprinkle there of Trey Lance later on in the year as time dwindles down, much like you saw with Patrick Mahomes. And then Jimmy Garoppolo will be sent packing, and the the Trey Lance era will start in 2022. Max, That's exactly what will take place. He may be right, but there is something nice about having a nice, shiny asset like Trey Lance that's there if the situation does lend to itself. There's something interesting what I'm about saying. that. I mean, like, if you put Aaron Rodgers on the Niners right now, Super Bowl contenders. If it's Aaron Rodgers, Man, not Jimmy Garoppolo. Rec- y'all so reckless. What? <laughs> just saying uh, if they don't win it this year, just saying. I, I don't know. <laughs> y'all are reckless. Speculating. Reckless Listen, speculation. If I'm the Niners, I'm looking at Trey Lance going, the odds are against him ever being as good as Aaron Rodgers. Nothing against Trey Lance, just only a handful of guys have ever been that good. And Garoppolo's nice. We know what we can do, but we also know we could probably do better and Rodgers do much better, and you could get it done like that. Like overnight, you enter next year against Kyler Murray and Arizona, against Matt Stafford in L.A. If Rodgers wanted out, if he wanted out, I just put myself in his shoes and think, like, what would be attractive to me? The Niners are the – because I would say, Key, the, the Broncos and the Saints are less attractive now than the beginning of the year. But the Niners, maybe not. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but that's yeah. It's hard. It's hard for me to to even understand that. To be honest with you, because they have Trey Lance. If if this if they didn't have the future, there would be something different. If they didn't give up a haul to go get the future, the conversation would be different. Hmm. But that's not the case. The case is the guy is sitting and waiting in the wings. They've been very clear and definitive about their plans with Trey Lance moving forward. Mm. Mm. Time will tell. I mean, I'm just purely speculating. This is not based on any information, (laughs) so you're probably right. Aaron Rodgers has 61 career touchdown passes against the Bears. 61, most all-time against Chicago. Stats Incredible is brought to you by My Computer Career, Training for a Better Life. Why one person has concerns about Dak Prescott's performance. Next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bought, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. 
Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy Keyshawn J. Willimax, espn radio espn oh. 2 sirius xm channel 80 the espn app your smart speakers, download the podcast. Dan Orlovsky, ESPN football analyst, joins us giving the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Good morning, Dan. Mr. Orlovsky, when are you posting our finals, our grades? Yeah, I got you, Dan. We got you, Dan. We got you. Key wants to know when you're – Key wants to know – are you turned up? Is your volume up? Huh. I can't hmm. hear him. Uh-oh. Can we hear Dan? Can you oh, guys hear Dan? Go. There we go. There, oh, you go. there we go. Mr. Mr. Olowski, could, could you hear me, Mr. Olowski? I wanted to know when you were posting our final grades. <laughs> it took me a second to recognize what you were trying to say there. I don't know. You and your Billy Madison hat right now. I'll let you know when I get it done. What are final grades? What are you he, guys He's represent? saying that I look like a teacher right now. Oh, oh Yeah, so it, he's yeah. trying to make fun of my outfit. Meanwhile, well, you do teach the game a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. You break Ooh. it down. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. How about that one? Get a hat <laughs> I, I wasn't. You. I don't need... You're a little sidekick chiming in. This was a conversation between me and you, Dan. It's quite literally a conversation with four people. Yes. There's a four box yes, on four box right on TV, yes. Dan, let's jump right into the football of it all. What was your takeaway from Dak Prescott's performance yesterday? Yeah, Dak Prescott's playing bad. I mean, he's the number one reason right now why that offense is struggling. Um, I, I'd say... The two big takeaways I have with Dak right now, and I'm not saying he is, but he looks like he's playing quarterback scared. Scared to trust the pocket. Scared to climb the pocket when it's there. Scared to hang in when he needs to. Scared to take off when there's a seam. He just looks so tentative. And there's a very little amount of consistency in the conviction that he's doing. There's plays that he will run early on in the game and his feet and his, his eyes are doing the right thing. Like, he's convicted with what he's looking at and where his feet are moving. Then he'll run the same play versus a relatively similar coverage later in the game, and there is no consistency with his... Why do you think? I, I think there's the, this lack of trust with everything that's going on around him when it comes to the five guys and their protection. Why would that be? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know if it's attributed to the ankle from last year and, and then the calf this year... And then there has been some Tyron Smith not there and, and mm-hmm. a lack of trust in the left guard that's playing right now. 
But I, I, there, and usually it's not just a singular thing. It, there's multiple reasons why. Um, but right now he looks like a quarterback that just, again, it, he looks like he's playing scared. I'm not saying that. I'm not challenging his manhood, but he just looks like he's playing scared. And it's weird because that has always been a calling card of Dax. Like that guy in the pocket has always been a superstar. Let me get and you, right let me now get he's you, not looking that way. Let me get you out of trouble real quick, Dan. Not scared, but uncomfortable. Uh, I would say. Sure. I would say he's playing uncomfortable. Uh, his last couple games, he certainly is, as we broke down the film a week ago on NFL Live, he certainly isn't playing up to the, his capabilities. He needs, some, he needs to clean some things up. He needs to get back to being comfortable in the pocket, understanding and trusting his feel of the game. And once he does that, clean things up. Because every single quarterback in the National Football League go through these sort of things every single year. Maybe there's not one or two or three and four in a row, but there's a game that you can break down and you can say, okay, if he cleans this up, this is what's going to happen. We saw the great Patrick Mahomes earlier in the year. He needed to clean some stuff up. Well, he's cleaned that up to a degree by releasing and by by not uh, having as many turnovers, getting out of that funk. And I think Dak Prescott is in the same kind of similar mode by not trusting like you said, Dan, and feeling what he sees. Yeah. Dan, I wanted to ask you, if you're looking at, like, um, these names, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, if you're saying that's the upper tier of quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, is, let, let me pause you right there. Okay. Right now, respectfully, Brady and Rodgers are playing at a different level compared to everybody else. Okay. I love Patrick. Okay, but He's if, not if, on if, their level right now. Okay, but if you're looking at upper echelon, okay. if, if, is Patrick still he's upper echelon, right? Yeah, talent-wise, I expect Patrick to catch fire at some point Is here. Dak Prescott in that same conversation right as now. those three other quarterbacks? Absolutely not right now. Dak was. First month of the season, he was. And no, absolutely not right now. I, like the, I feel like the Cowboys' offense has gone through phases this year, and I've, I've pointed out three reasons why there's been kind of a lack of play. One, they stopped pulling people on offense in their run game. That's still the case. They pulled people on their offense, meaning you're pulling an offensive lineman, you're down blocking and pulling a guy four times yesterday. They ran the ball for 26 yards when they did it. That's over six yards a clip. So I don't know why they're not doing it more. Number two, the injuries. CD's not there. Amari's not there. Tyron wasn't there. And then Dak's play has not been good. Those two interceptions yesterday are bad interceptions. That if those were thrown by other guys, they'd be getting a lot more criticism. The first interception, if you watch Dak's feet, it, it's almost like he's, he's, he's going through individual drills on him. Like there's not this, this almost like this, this feel, this rhythmic feel with what he's doing. The first interception is so bad. And then the second interception, it's, hey, you're way too good of a player and way too smart of a player to make that decision or that throw and not see that underneath defender. Um, but no, you, right now, the weird thing is Dak has gotten progressively worse this season. That would be the concerning thing to me. He has gotten from the, the guy that we saw week one against Tampa Bay to where he is yesterday, there, is a, there has been a progressive regression. Well, see, what I would say there, Dan, though, the first, first interception got away from him clearly because of the balance but of his feet. But it's an awful decision. It, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good awful throw. Decision. The second one, I could smack him upside the head for that one because he knows better. In terms of where he's at now versus where he was at the beginning of the year, he's had a couple games here recently that would make you say, okay, we got to clean stuff up. 
But over the course of the season, he's been playing some pretty damn good football. Let, let's be honest with it. He's been playing some pretty good football over the course of the season, except these last couple weeks. When was the last game this season that Dak Prescott played really well, that you felt really well about, really good about his performance? Well, I would point to the Atlanta game. I thought he played really well. Um, the prior Atlanta to, game like six weeks ago? I don't know how long ago it was, man. It was like four weeks ago or whatever. Then, prior to, then after that, what was the last game? Oakland game, he didn't play great. Uh, not Oakland, I'm sorry. Las Vegas game, he didn't play great. Right. Uh, the New Orleans game was okay. Right. I mean, so he was okay. La- last game but, that we walked away going, man, Dak really, really played well. I mean, he, Key, I'll read it off. Not yesterday. Not New Orleans. Vegas, was, he was okay. Not okay. Kansas City. Atlanta. So Atlanta, November 14th, he played good. About a month. Denver, nope. Minnesota, didn't play. Well, did none of them play good against Denver. So he, he was coming back off injury. So Dak Prescott, since... September 17th. No, me, Dan, October no. 17th. Stop, man, Dan. Since no. October 17th, that's probably no, one stop, game. Man, really stop, man. Stop, okay. Dan. Okay. Uh, the, How about no. this? The truth is what the truth How is. How about this? How about this guy? Okay, because you mentioned Rodgers and Brady. They're on a different level. Let me suggest another name who I think, especially given his season last year and the unlikelihood that, like, the, the, the low chance that he get even better, Justin Herbert. Yeah. Justin Herbert had maybe the greatest rookie season ever. At last I checked, he's leading the league in QBR this year, yeah. and he's destroying teams right now. Is he nearing that level, that Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes level? Yes. Uh, Justin's a superstar. I think he's going to win MVP of this league at one point. I think he's going to give the Chargers a real chance to win the Super Bowl. I think he's the quarterback in the AFC that when they go, he goes against Patrick, I go, you got a yeah, guy man. standing across mm-hmm. the sideline that can go haymaker to haymaker with you. The thing that we've begged the Chargers to do this year is what they've done the last two weeks. Just let his right arm be the superstar. Like, let it, like ride his right arm. And when they allow him to push the ball downfield and be aggressive, Woo. which is what they did last year, which is what Pep Hamilton and Shane Steichen, their offensive coordinator and quarterback coach last year did, was unlock his aggression. That's what they've gotten back to the last two weeks. The only caveat I have, Max, is – they are ridiculously dependent on him on third down. Like third and – he threw touchdown passes yesterday on third and nine and third and 11. You, that's just not – you don't think that that's going to be sustainable. I don't know. You didn't think it would be sustainable, his decisions under pressure as a rookie with no, no line, but, but he sustained it. Right. Right. But, like, we've seen them go through lulls this year. When if, they're, if he's not unbelievable on third down – then the performance isn't as consistently high. And so he's an unbelievable player. Um, I, I think he'll win MVP at some point this year, yeah. Dan, you, to, speaking of MVPs and winning things, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers and that toe? Are you, in, you, you concerned about that at all? Because I'm not. No, I'm not concerned about the toe. I will say this. I've, I've seen Aaron play for you know, almost 20 years now. I, I think it's I, – I don't know if I've seen him play better football consistently. Yeah. The, the way he treats – and. My reason why is this. I don't think I've ever seen him try to execute the short, easy throws with the same focus and intensity and intent as I've seen him make the 30, 40-yard throws. You know, he's so dialed in on trying to make those shorter throws so perfect, and then he makes those 30 or 40-yard throws that you're going, you're the only person in the league that can make those throws. I mean, so how about Holmes the fact Herbert, that – but yeah. Most of his yeah. offensive line is out too, Dan. Like nobody really talks about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I went into the season and that was my concern. Well, you know, three new offensive starters, 
you know, no David Bakhtiari. And then it's been a revolving door at the offensive line this year. And then Elkton Jenkins goes out there. Yep. Versatile, kind of second rounder, I believe, from last year. Bakhtiari still not back. But that's why, like, Tour de Reeks guys said that Matt LaFleur is a top three coach in the NFL right now. Is though, and Brian Gutenkust, and I apologized like two weeks ago saying, man, he, he got it right. Like, he, the, the depth that they have in their offensive line, A.J. Dillon, the thing that I love about it is they don't, they don't give the ball to A.J. Dillon in the perimeter. It's like, we're going to run right at you. The condensed splits, and we're going to force these secondary guys to come up on the perimeter and tackle. Yeah, so it's, it's Matt LaFleur is a top three coach. Aaron Rodgers is right at the very top of the list of, like, two or three guys for MVP of the NFL right now. And the depth that they have along their offensive line is, is as good as anybody in the NFL. Damn, top three? Woo. Matt LaFleur? <laughs> Absolutely. God, Belichick, Belichick, yep. Belichick, and Andy Reid and Mike Tomlin. I don't know which one. Which who's leaving? And Sean Payton. <laughs> I'm saying. Oh yeah, right Sean now, Payton. <laughs> right now, right now, I'm yep. Belichick, Andy Reid, Matt Lafleur. So Matt Lafleur at this moment ahead of Mike Dad. Tomlin. I and, love you. <laughs> and Sean Payton. Yes. But what about the idea that those guys have been doing it forever and they don't have? Sean Payton and Mike Tomlin God. do not have Aaron Rodgers. Man, and we didn't even their head above Harbaugh. Water. Okay, God. so. This is why when you are decimated as an offense, we've watched this guy go with a decimated offensive line, a decimated skill group, to who many of us say is the team to beat in the NFC right now, or one of them in Arizona, win the game. Then he's got to go to Kansas City with Jordan Love, and everyone fails to remember this, that like they went up and down the field against Kansas City. They just didn't make any kicks mm. and was bad on fourth, were bad on fourth down. Decimated offensive line and still put a 45-burger on the Bears. Just, I, Sean Payton, I love Sean. He's a brilliant offensive coach. Like, I'm not saying Sean's not a good coach, but right now, yeah, Matt LaFleur's, nope. what Matt uh, LaFleur nope. is doing nope. is putting him in a top three coach and should be one, two with Belichick for coach of the year. Well, listen, it's his third season, and if he makes his third NFC championship game at least, can't do much what, better what, than get, that. Get this dude off this show, please. All right, fine. Well, get he him wants out you of off here. the show. I'm, I'm sorry, Dan, but Here, I'd thing. say stick around. Get he Dan, says, get, he get says you're all done. Hey, what do you say, Jay? Key, yeah. who was your offensive coordinator in we Dallas to... for a couple years? Well, he was there. He was co-coordinators with Sean. Who was that? Hey. What was his name? Dan Orlovsky, ESPN football analyst, ladies and gentlemen. Key observations coming right up. Key observation time, and key observations is brought to you by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to geico.com today. Number one. I was just shaking my head thinking about Dan Orlowski. He done lost his damn mind. But number one for me in this situation and observations is Dak Prescott. Dak needs to clean up this stuff. For the last couple weeks, he's been showing flashes of, you know, not greatness as we paid him to be, but just a marginal quarterback in the National Football League. He certainly can get out of this funk. There's no reason for him to be in this. Ill-advised throws to the other team. Pick sixes. Things of that nature, fumbles, handoffs to the running back. If he cleans things up, great. And if not, the Dallas Cowboys will be sitting with me in SoFi Stadium for the Super Bowl. Number two. Number two. The Kansas City Chiefs are hitting on all cylinders. Three phases of the game, as they like to say. Offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, and special teams. Creating turnovers, giving the offense a short field. 
and also implementing the running game into this. Patrick Mahomes is still being Patrick Mahomes. I know a lot of people look at the stat line and don't really understand. It's not about 450 yards. It's about execution. It's about being persistent. 20 20 of 24, two touchdowns and no turnovers. If you are precise in doing those sort of things, you're going to win a whole lot of games with the defense putting you in a short field position. I think they've stepped up to the plate. The Kansas City Chiefs are the number one team in the AFC with New England not far behind. Number three. Number three, the Ravens are in trouble without Lamar Jackson. I think we all could, you know, certainly speak to that. When you look at this football team, they depend on him at a high clip. I would say it's about 83% entering into this game as part of as their main offensive weapon. He is certainly the most electrifying, explosive player in the National Football League, although he plays quarterback. Without him in the lineup, yes, they still had a chance to win the football game, but they're not going to have those chances moving down the line. They're going to lose this division if Lamar Jackson misses any time moving forward. Number four. Well, number four, I mean, I'm just so tired of watching or talking about these sort of things, but this is the matchup I think everybody in television wants to see. They want to have the opportunity to see the New England Patriots against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. Pencil it in. I mean, that's just basically after they were rolling yesterday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Buffalo Bills early in that game in the first three quarters or so, I basically said, well, you might as well just pencil the damn thing in. New England versus Tampa, the Super Bowl, because the Buccaneers certainly looked like the team headed to the Super Bowl as you watched them play against the Buffalo Bills yesterday. Although Buffalo had a little fight left in them, but I do remind everyone what New England did to Buffalo in Buffalo. That was a disaster. Number five. And number five, don't count the charges out. I know I got Kansas City winning the division, but can but the Los Angeles Chargers are not going to go away. Justin Herbert and crew are going to fight nail, tooth and nail, toe to toe. They're going to drag out, knock down, boxing terms for you, Max. They're going to certainly be there to the final punch. Whether or not they take the division for the Kansas City Chiefs, they're certainly going to be there. I would not count them out. That's uh, don't count the Chargers out. By the way, Chargers and Chiefs with those two quarterbacks is going to be a heavyweight slugfest for years to come, it looks like. Jay, you have an observation here? Yeah, I have one. Uh, I watched the Browns beat the Ravens yesterday, they looked good in the first half, but obviously the Ravens were depleted. The Ravens came back in that ball game, And I, I, it's interesting because then I watched Cincinnati lose to the 49ers, and I'm sitting there saying, okay, one team won, another team lost, but Cincinnati's still the better team. And, Max, this goes to your point, which I was saving mine for this segment, is because at the end of a game, right, like you don't call plays. You call players for the biggest moments in games. And I just feel like Zach Taylor took the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands. And if you want to say, hey, everybody knows who's coming, that's been the case since their bye week. Everybody knows that they're going to be a pass-heavy offense, even though Joe Mixon has been doing their thing. It, just, it, it was one of those things that haunted me, taking the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands down the stretch. Key, what about that? On the one hand, teams are going to dare them to run, right? They're going to... They're not going to come out with heavy boxes and stuff like that because they, they, you know, they want, they'd rather have Joe Mixon try to beat them than Joe Burrow to, to Jamar Chase, especially. But Higgins and they got other guys too. On the one hand, Cincinnati took what the defense gave him. On the other hand, Joe Burrow was cooking, and, and, and they got him to stop cooking. What's the right call there? Did the Bengals do the right thing, or does Taylor have to trust Joe Burrow in those moments? Well, you got to go with the flow of the game. Um 
and what what is the defense doing to take either away? Are they taking Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow in the passing game? You've got to have a feel for the game when you call in the plays. And clearly Matt LaFleur felt different. I'm not Matt LaFleur. I'm sorry. I don't know why. Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor Matt Roberts. LaFleur, they all remind me of each other. Uh, Zach Taylor has a feel for the game, and clearly he felt that they needed to do something different. You know, it just depends on the situation, to be honest with you. Joe Burrow was having himself a good second half in that game, but overall he had some moments where I think as a coaching staff you probably say to yourself, you know what, let's do something different because right now our quarterback isn't doing so well. Well, Keyshawn sees Zach Taylor and goes, ah, Zach Taylor, Matt LaFleur, they, they Matt, remind me Zach, of each other. Matt, uh, Zach, Shanahan. But Dan Orlovsky, kind of on the other hand, together. sees Matt LaFleur and sees the third best head coach in the NFL. Is he right? <laughs> or is Key right? The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors... You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN2, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speaker. Download the podcast. You don't have to listen to it. Just download it. We get credit for it. I don't care one way or another. Presented by Progressive Insurance, all phone guests join on the Goodyear hotline. So we're going to ask uh, Rex Ryan at 8.45 a.m., about an hour from now, whether he believes Matt LaFleur is a top three head coach. Now, Dan Orlovsky didn't say right now in the NFL. No, no, he said top three. Then he changed it when I pressed him. Then he said, based okay. on but what he, he clarified. He said, right now he's a top three coach, and head coach. Him, I ain't gonna let him the out NFL. The woods. I ain't doing now. It. There's Belichick one, Reed two. He has Matt Lafleur three. Key that means he has him ahead of Mike Tomlin, Sean Payton, uh, uh, Harbaugh. Who else? Am I missing someone? Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians, Super Bowl champions and perennial winners, and we're. First of all, what do you think? Is he top? Is he top Dan three? Dan. And if not, what is he? I, I I don't know when the last time Dan been drug tested, but I would start drug testing Dan at a high level right now because he's not a top three NFL coach right now. 
Okay, I understand he got Aaron Rodgers, and I understand he's playing at that level when, and based on records and going to two NFC championship games. But when you start talking about Bill Belichick and Andy Reid and Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin and Sean Payton and Bruce Arians and Sean McVay, you, you, you start, come on, man. Sean like, McVay? You have McVay ahead of, I think that's, that's a good that, comparison. McVay As a coach? Absolutely. Well, he's only. Absolutely. As a coach. Kyle Shanahan? As a coach, they ain't got no damn Aaron Rodgers. Well, that's a good point. He has on, Aaron Rodgers. On the other hand, he has and been neither, to consecutive... And they've never had Aaron Rodgers as coaches. That's right. On the other hand, he has, like, so it, it's a tricky it's just, situation to rate him, Jay, because he's right. He has Aaron Rodgers and those other guys don't. But he's working probably on his third straight NFL NFC saying. championship game this year. It, it's, it's, he got Aaron Rodgers in like, a dog you-know-what division. Yeah, I mean, Mike McCarthy had that, and he got fired. <laughs> Man, Mike McCarthy went to a Super Bowl and won. Yeah, and then, and then they eventually ran out of gas. All right. I mean, I'm not willing to put him in that conversation yet, uh, but there is a chance for him to crack. I mean, if they get to the Super Bowl this year, then it'll be a different conversation. Mm. I mean, you go to but back-to-back I, NFC, well, that would be three that they would go to, and then you know, now you're in the Super Bowl if you get a chance to win it, regardless of whether you had Aaron Rodgers or not. Uh, that puts you in that conversation. See, when someone like or at least Dan, top six, when someone like Dan seven. makes a statement like that, key, it's hard because it's in. We're in a state of flux. Like a lot of it depends the way they were giving. Everyone was handing the Chiefs fifteen straight Super Bowls, and then it turns out, oh wait a minute, it's hard to even get to the Super Bowl. But if the Chiefs do it again, if they get to the Super Bowl again, it's like damn, four in a row. You get to the AFC Championship game three times to the Super Bowl. So a lot depends on what happens right now, right? Key, if they win the Super Bowl this year, which they could, what would you say about Coach then? Where would you put him? He's still not going. He still he is still not going to get a top three nod from me. Mm. Dan can put him in the top three all he wants, and he's a great mind and an innovator, and he's doing some things we've never seen before. You can you can sell that narrative all you want to. I'm not buying it. I get it. I understand flavor of the month. He's playing with Aaron Dam Rogers, man. We need to slow it down for a minute and be honest with ourselves. Let, let's say we, we like him, okay? We like him. He's done a good job, but let's slow it down when you this, start Keith? talking about coaches that have – when you talk about guys like Mike Tomlin that's out there coaching with a dude that can't even walk, okay, with no offensive line, zero, in some receivers that catch when they want to catch, in a defense that's subpar every now and then. Or you talk about Kyle Shanahan, that team every other week it seems like they depleted from a position and a quarterback that they still winning with in Jimmy Garoppolo. So I can go on and on and on. Harbaugh. Harbaugh has lost his entire damn team. Yeah. And he continues to lead a division that's tough. What, what I, co- I just It's just hard for me. What coaching bucket would you put Matt LaFleur in, Key? We, I know we have quarterback buckets what, what coaching bucket would you put him in Good he's question. in the middle of the pack man he ain't in front of no damn bruce arians he ain't in front of sean payton okay let's do this no let's do this if, if, Belichick? If, put Belichick? it this way uh-huh. if any of them coaches in in my list whether it's bruce arians bill belichick mike tomlin harbaugh sean mcveigh if they're available and matt lafleur is available who you think gonna get hired so so let's do this key belichick one reed Two. Now, I would say Tomlin three. And now I'm probably taking Peyton, Harbaugh, Arians. Who, who would be? That's six already. That's six. Yes, you who's got it. Se- who's seven? 
Sean McVay. I Look, would say McVay he, he and, and LaFleur, to me, are way. the two hot shots, like, nipping at is the he, heels of the old times. Is he better than Brandon Staley? Well, I mean, he has a better track record Backward so trip. far. Let's see what Staley does. That's not, but, but all I'm asking you, is he a better coach than Brandon Staley? It's a simple yes or no. Yes, Be- I would say because yes. Because for me, I would say no. I would say absolutely. I mean, St- Staley's because coached how many games now? 15 one, games? He's, he's, whatever, two years. Let's call it two years. Right. One, he's in a division with Patrick Mahomes. Two years, yeah. Two, one, yeah. he's yeah. playing with a young quarterback, not Aaron Rodgers. Okay. So when you start to look at that, is he a better coach? Staley's in his first year. Brandon he Staley. Can't. That's all I'm saying. Second year. Wait, second year? They just no, this, I'm sorry. This is first, first year. year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the point year. is he's, he's coached 13, 14 games. I, I would say this. But, but the, is the, he a better That really coach? is not enough information yet. But so far, the returns are good. Let's not sleep on LaFleur. First year, Rodgers is still figuring stuff out, kind of game managing. They get to the NFC Championship game. Next year, he takes the ball out of Rodgers' hands. That's a blunder as a coach. But they got all the way there. Let's see what happens this year. I would say it's fair to put Key. You don't have him there. I would put LaFleur and McVay in that bucket of young, ascending, hotshot coaches underneath the big seven who've won Super Bowls and stuff like that. Sean McVay took Jared Goff to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. To the Super Bowl. Yep. Okay, he didn't take Aaron Rodgers to the Super Bowl. He took yeah. Jared it's Goff. A fair point. But, but naturally, when you have, fair point. But naturally, when you have incredible <laughs> players, if they get you there, it's like, you know, I'm not saying he's like Phil Jackson. Michael Jordan got Phil Jackson yeah. to championships. Granted, he implemented a style. But that doesn't detract you how you think about Phil Jackson when the full body of work is but done. But Michael Jordan was already going to championship and playing deep runs in the playoffs mm-hmm. and everything. No, he prior wasn't, wasn't going not to deep. Not, not, not deep. Prior to, no, not deep. Uh, no. not, if you want to call it deep, whatever you want to call it, he was having success. He was having success before Phil Jackson. He didn't win championships. He was still having major success. His teams were mad. Much like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers went to a, a Super Bowl and was going to playoff games and winning divisions. Without Matt LaFleur. So you would have Matt LaFleur at best, and we have 15 seconds. He's like a top 10-ish top yeah. okay. quarter, okay. I yeah. mean, okay. uh, head coach. Yeah. Okay. okay. From a yeah. potential. Three and 10 is a big difference. From a, no, coach who, from a coach who Dan Orlovsky says is potentially top three, he says top 10 to one, wouldn't even end that conversation. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.